Welcome to Everything Imaginable, the podcast for curious minds on KGRA Radio. And here is your host, Gary Cochulillo. Welcome everyone to another episode of Everything Imaginable. I'm your host, Gary Cochulillo, and today we have Marjorie Scott. Um, she is somebody that I know. I've seen her hanging around Fairhope, and uh, she uh, offered to be a guest. Thanks for coming on. Thank you for having me. Awesome. Um, so, so you have an interesting tale about being being a Pleiadian starseed and going through the process of ascension. Um, so, we start from the beginning. Um, when did you realize um, that, that this was happening to you? Um, it was in 2016 when I basically sobered up enough to to sort of wake up. And um, it was like a spiritual awakening. Um, and that's when I kind of started getting downloads and became aware first that I was a star seed. Mm-hmm. Um, that I was not from here, but I was here kind of on a mission. Uh-huh. Is there a difference between like a star seed and like an indigo child? That's very similar. Some star seeds are also indigos. Um, that's all kind of, I guess the best way to say it is it's in the same genre, (laughs) um, kind of here for a reason. They do have specific characteristics. I have some of them, um, but not all of them. Interesting. So, so when you started going through the process of waking up, what did it feel like for you? Um, did your thoughts change? Did you have different physical sensations or out of body experiences? Um, well, it was, it, it, it just, it was so amazing to me. Like once it all really started, um, because, you know, I'd never downloaded information before. <laughs> and, um, as I assimilated this information, it was like, uh, I mean, it honestly, it it was very overwhelming. Um, and I probably overdid it the first year. At, you know, I worked so hard at trying to understand everything and unlearn everything else. <laughs> mm-hmm. so, so what was the information that was downloaded to you? That there was a higher dimensional awareness that I was that I had a divine guidance system, basically of a higher dimensional nature and that I had a higher self, a higher dimensional self. Um, and now I know many of the people within my soul group and I believe I've, I've communicated with their higher selves as well. Um, so it was really just becoming aware that it, it was really explaining a lot like what you see is in all areas mm-hmm. you're in 3d you and you purposely incarnated into the 
um, into this physical earth realm to help raise the consciousness um, of everyone of a higher dimension. So I was like, okay. So after the download, like, how did you process the information? Did you start writing it down? I mean, would you just, like, meditate on it? What happened? I have uh, boxes of notebooks at this point. Um, And I I just buy them by the the pile, so at the dollar store. And that's what I realized. And I label them. So uh, date and... um, everything and and if i'm kind of going on a theme where i'm really focusing in on one aspect of this whole new world you know i'll label the notebook and just and write and read there there are some good online references Mm -hmm. not many but um so mostly it's that it's really pretty it's it's lonely but i do i have a few I mean, I definitely have groups of people online that are also awake, and that that helps a lot. Right. Well, you're definitely, uh, I would say you're about maybe the fourth or fifth person, at least, maybe I've interviewed more, that have had contact with uh, multidimensional beings, and most of them specifically with with the Pleiadians. So I do know that there's a lot of people out there that are... um, having these type of experiences um when when you come in contact one of the things you mentioned is your higher self and other people's higher selves um when you do this type of communication is it like a channeling like a like a what like channeling other beings they're speaking through you um Well, the first two years was a nightmare to get through that because there was a lot of static. (laughs) Um, What I came to realize is I I became more and more, as I kept waking up, I became more claircognizant. And that's where the the real, the best information that I would get, it just kind of comes from, uh, I would know it. Right. But I have been hijacked by um, voices that, like astral plane uh, entities that, um, that's a whole nother ball game, but they will, they will jump in there and try to, uh, confuse you. <laughs> right. um, how, how do you differentiate the, differentiate which ones are just uh, you know rogue entities versus uh, the pleadings that are actually trying to give you valid information? Well, it definitely it takes practice and trial and error, um, and it will be just information only there's like these little red flags that i have now that if it's um an entity that because there i I do have some spirit guides um but they you know it it gets a little confusing when you're clear audience so there's these little red flags that if they won't leave me alone when i ask them to um then it's not a it's not solid. Right. 
and I just have to shake them. <laughs> and and, and uh, just just for my listeners, like some of them might not be aware of like all the different Claire's out there. Um, you know that, that Claire cognizant is like a, a thought coming into your mind. Clairvoyant yes. is having like a vision. Claire audience yeah. is hearing something. Um, and there's a bunch of other Claire's too that I don't know what they're yeah. called. Like when you touch something, people feel stuff. Um, so, so there's all these different um, methods of perception of uh, whatever it is that's on the other side of this third dimension. Right. Yes, there, and it, and it comes on, um, and really within your soul group, part of the process is that you kind of activate each other, um, because for the first few years, it's it's like activation after activation after activation. Wait, and you you keep waking up and 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 kind of shedding old belief systems and and taking in new stuff and shedding old belief systems um and you keep your your clear abilities come on more um i only am occasionally clairvoyant but the clear audience and clear cognizant um those are my stronger ones um does it ever happen? Do you ever have these type of experiences? Um, did he ever like? Did he interfere with ordinary life? Basically, like like you're going about your business, and then all of a sudden you're interrupted by like a, a a chain of thoughts that are not yours, or you start hearing things that are are not, you know, actually being said in the physical realm. And is it ever like you know, kind of like bug you out a little bit? Yes. <laughs> A lot. <laughs> I mean, it's taken really a pretty tough. Uh, I've had to really toughen up with this because um, I have been in public and and had uh, voices chattering at me. Um, I've made a, a few bad decisions based on it was real early on. So I just thought if any if any spirit or anything was talking to me that it must be okay, but I, I literally had one that had me going about um, not needing to pay my rent. Mm -hmm. that, that there was like this. Uh, um, now that I was awake, there was going to be this windfall of money, and anyway, it, it you know that's when I realized that you can get hijacked. And they're they're honestly they target star seeds because we're here to elevate and um, humanity. And honestly, they're they're happy keeping people just in the third dimension. And and who are they that uh, are working against uh, the Pleiadians and the awakening process? Who are these beings on the astral plane? Or are they actually humans that are manipulating the astral plane, do you think? I don't think so. I call them the matrix controllers. Um, they also go by the term um, the negative alien agenda. So... Um, and I just want to clarify that I do... Uh, 
Do you mind if I if I tell you like my definition mm-hmm. of the matrix? Yeah, is a, a mathematical program by which consciousness experiences time and matter in the form of timelines with multiple dimensions. So, if I say things like the matrix, um, and yes, there some there there is a lot of truth and disclosure coming through movies and art and things like that. But that's really what I mean. That it it's really more. I, I really mean more that this is how we're experiencing time and matter, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and that there are multiple dimensions within the matrix this time matrix right, right. Uh, the the five senses are, are more of a filter than anything else yeah yeah so as far as matrix controllers um they um there has been like anunnaki um, on the Ascension Glossary, that's that is an online resource that's really good. I'll, I'll, I'm going to have to really say that but that's a good place to go look up terms. Um, the Ascension Glossary because Lisa Renee um, she goes into detail about what she considers to be the negative alien agenda. Mm-hmm. Um, and that there are other races that have been kind of manipulating humanity and the Pleiadians um, we want to really just put a stop to it. (laughs) Right. Yeah. I've actually reached out to her more than once to try to get her on my show. Oh, that would be amazing. Yeah. She, she shot me down so far. (laughs) Oh gosh. I know she's hard to kind of, I mean, I would love to have a one-on-one, but it's, She's got so many thousands of people contact her on a regular basis mm-hmm. that, um, but yeah, I would say that her, you can really go down the, uh, the rabbit hole of, um, that's a whole nother rabbit hole kind of, of who's, uh, controlling the matrix, but mm. you know, there's multiple agendas. Yeah. Um, how does the Illuminati fit into this? Well, I think they do fit into this somewhere. Mm-hmm, they do. Because they, mean, especially now, they've become extremely active, especially in recruiting, which is something they've never done. That's true. Honestly, I think that's kind of a Luciferian agenda. Um, that... Um, Luciferian meaning um, an alien entity that is behind the concept of the devil. Mm-hmm. He's, you know, it's just a way that he is sort of his, his intake on manipulating humanity. But I believe that that's a Luciferian agenda and, um, because his signature are, is secret societies. Um, he's kind of like the the mind behind um, a lot of the secret societies um, on Earth. Mm-hmm. And, and why do you think it is that you want to prevent people from ascending and, and being able to 
at the very least, perceive other realities. I, I know. I mean, that it's just like, I, I think from what I understand, you know, there's terms like loosh, um, that the the negative alien agenda they are collecting our our louche or our life force um and again that's like a, there's there's uh lisa renee really has a lot of information about that but um that as long as they're parasitic mm-hmm. if they can feed on us and take our life force then um, and siphon it into their however they're using it um, then then they're great mm-hmm. but we get to be stuck in this low consciousness right. uh, when I had interviewed Patricia Crory about this topic uh, one of the groups that came up as one of the major opponents of extension is a the reptilians. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. Like I would say, the the reptilian agenda um, combined with the Anunnaki and Luciferian, um, those three to me seem like that's a big part of what I think Lisa Renee calls the negative alien agenda. Um, because they have perpetuated the reptilians have perpetuated the AI, which they're dangerously close to um, succeeding. <laughs> but, but we're still fighting the the fight. Right. Um, um, but they are really trying um, to fuse humanity with this AI hive mind. Mm-hmm. To control it even you know ultimately just to control humanity right um so with, with uh, how about the grays where do gray aliens fall into this i've heard different perspectives at least three or four different perspectives uh on the grays involvement and i've heard that they're neutral i've heard that they want to help that's why they pay so much attention to like nuclear areas on earth and um and i've also heard that they are not actually aliens but humans uh that had left the planet millions of years ago and now are returning to to try to regenerate their own original form i think that's pretty pretty much a possibility um I, I think it can be a combination, but I do think that there are some negative grays um, that are basically more like, from what I understand, you're either there's a service to self or a service to others in in the multiverse, mm-hmm. and your faction, um, if it's service to self, then they're going to just try to kind of get what they want. They don't, they don't really care about where humanity's going or what the best thing for everybody is, or, you know, they just kind of have their own agenda. And then like Pleiadians and, and other factions are, are service to others. So they always take into account um, everyone else. So I think that there are some 
service to self factions of greys, but I don't think it's all of them. Mm-hmm. How about the Syrians? Yeah, they're very, they used to really be like in Egypt. Um, that was a very big time. Like, I think Jesus is a Syrian, basically. And um, so they have, they're very important in the sense that they helped develop, they really did help develop the pyramids and the ancient alien technology and um, the Lion's Gate. It happens uh, every, uh, every August, I believe. It's like this huge gateway. And I'm only really clairvoyant during these portals or, or gateways, energetic gateways. And um, the Lion's Gate usually brings a big shift. And uh, supposedly 2021, you know, there will know more about the agendas, the, the helping agendas of both Syrians and the Pleiadians. Um, are there any local like alien races that are closer to the earth, such as like um, Venetians or ones that are living on the other side of the moon? Well, I've heard of something. um, It's a guy that's pretty well known with David Wilcock and um, there's another guy, but he talks about a race called the blue avians that he has actually been picked up by them and has experienced them and that they, they are closer to earth. Mm-hmm. So you might want to look up the blue avians. Yeah, I think I may have saw that on cosmic disclosure. Yeah. Um, with all this going on, you know, you mentioned, you know, 2020 and the, the disclosure I mean, it definitely, even during 2020, you know, the government came out and started releasing videos of crafts and saying that they don't know what they are. Right. What do you think the reason for the government coming out now? Like, they're not saying it's aliens, but they're also saying it's not human. (laughs) Right. Well, it's this disclosure process is so slow. Supposedly, the the heads of state um, are the only ones that are privy to this higher plan information. I don't know. I mean, supposedly Barack Obama um, knew everything. Um, about what's going on in the future disclosure timeline and everything that for whatever reason they are like they're told the whole deal and then they decide how they might might want to filter it down to us <sighs> but it is coming because it it it's sort of like a combination it's like a trickle where you kind of hear it from here, it's in a movie, it's in a song. Um, uh, 
I mean, like the first song that comes off there, and I, there's a lot of them, but like, uh, my name is human from, um, and I came here from the stars. That's one of their lines. Hello, my name is human, but I came here from the stars. I mean, so it's, I think the whole deal is that it's, um, they want to do this slowly where people are getting the information from multiple places. So it doesn't overwhelm anybody and humans don't freak out. Right. Um, I mean, definitely certain people have been chosen to put out some information. People like Chris Mellon, uh, Louis Alejandro. And, uh, yeah. And I mean, even, even like, uh, Bob Lazar coming back into the picture after all these years of being off the radar. It's really been interesting. Very yes. interesting year and a lot of information that, that people thought was just BS is, is, is coming out and being shown that it's actually true and the government is saying, eh, it's true, you know. We just, yeah, we just didn't right. want to freak people out. Right. Yeah, that's exactly. And I, and I do think that this year is going to um, – it's going to be more of the same, but it's going to keep growing even more where it's even like the, where dominant culture beliefs are going to become more in line with, Oh yeah, yeah, we know that. So that I think when they actually really disclose like, like, okay, we're the Pleiadians, we're here now, you know, <laughs> um, some of us are reincarnated, but, you know, what? It, I don't know exactly how it's going to look, but they wanted this to be this slow progression so that, again, humanity won't freak out and um, they'll accept it, like, oh, okay, all right, well, we kind of knew, um, yeah, it makes sense now, now that we kind of knew. Right. Do you think um, Donald Trump has had any communication with the aliens? I think he probably did. I think that um, that like I said, I don't really know why if it's if they they do give this information to our heads of state because they're kind of um, I mean, there's a there's good agendas and bad agendas, but let's just we're just going to talk about the good. Mm-hmm. Um, the good agenda is the enlightenment, it's bringing people into the awareness of the truth. And so, I do I do think that they um, communicate with with higher dimensional beings hmm. that that presidents do. It's a little scary in some ways. Yes, like um, I don't trust that type of information with with someone like Trump. <laughs> <laughs> but that's just my opinion. Yeah, he, <laughs> he would just give them a slot machine. Yeah, like gotta be kidding me. <laughs> <laughs> So, is there a timeline for this process? Is is this extension process something that we're going to be able to witness 
in our lifetime, or is it something that's going to take thousands of years? No, I think this is, I think this is in our lifetime because um, my own personal adventure thus far, like since 2016, my body has shifted so much (laughs) um, and my mind, but um, you know, I was going to read, like, it helps me to explain. Okay. So spiritual ascension is a simultaneous increase of expanding consciousness and a descension of our higher dimensional spiritual energetic bodies into our physical bodies. So basically I'm bringing in my higher dimensional uh, energetic body. And even though um, that certainly has been, has taken time, it doesn't happen overnight. It doesn't even happen in a year or even two years, but in four years um, I've come a long way since being completely unawake. Uh, at the start of 2016. So um, to the point where I pretty much know my soul mission, I'm caught up on all the stuff. I pretty much, you know, from this point on, it's just going to be constant changing. Like I'm going to keep changing, keep growing, keep learning, keep watching this slow disclosure coming so I do think that this is um, in our lifetime. Does the extension process just part of something that happens to our consciousness? Um, or, or, or will people's bodies change? Like will people become, you know, less material, more ethereal? Some, honestly, like, because this incarnation, this, uh, this incarnation on earth for me is so specific, um, that I'm, I'm specifically bringing in my higher dimensional, uh, energetic body into this third dimensional dense body. So I I am like physically changing. Um, but from what I understand, the planet is going through an ascension process too, and all inhabitants. So to varying degrees. Um, And like it's explained, like the Schumann resonance has been really, really high. Like they're sending a lot of light to the planet. Um, So certainly more humans will be experiencing having ascension symptoms. I don't know as quickly, perhaps, um, or as definitively as I have, um, which has actually been painful at times. But uh, but definitely, it's. I mean, everyone is probably feeling is going to go through some sort of a shift. Um. So, if your if your purpose has been revealed to you, what is it? Like, what is your sole purpose in this life? Like, what is your job? Well, it is, um, it's multi-layered, but there is a reason why I am becoming a, um, a social worker. 
And that's, that's like from a much higher place. Um, I actually have experienced some of my, some of the hardships I've experienced in this life have also been to be kind of like a whistleblower and, and an activist. So I'm probably going to kind of morph into kind of a macro worker because you can do like micro meso or macro level working with just individuals or try to create social change. Um, I have a feeling <laughs> I'm headed into um, kind of a, like I'll probably work on meso and macro level also. Although I may start out working probably with individuals, mm -hmm. but I think it's going to keep evolving. But when you start working with like, what is the, what is the exact nature of the work? Like, what is it that you're going to have to do? Do you have to convince people that uh, we're living only in a three-dimensional reality, which is part of something that might be five, ten, infinite, <laughs> infinite dimensions? Well, there's a lot of healing that needs done because... Um, and I've been a healer in many, many, many past lives, a.k.a. I've been called a witch many, many times. <laughs> um, but so I, I have, I think, I mean, I'm still kind of figuring it all out, but um, I think I have natural healing capabilities. And... Um, since I have always incarnated or many, many times incarnated as a healer. So I think that on an individual level, it's really, it's literally going to, I mean, going to be as a healer, but then I think it's going to evolve to being a healer on a, on a bigger level for all of many, for how we can change things up for the better. So, so it hasn't all been revealed to you yet at one time. Mm -mm. The one of the things that you mentioned is, is, is this past life information, life information. And I know from reading your bio that, that you've done quite a bit of past life, uh, regression therapy. Um, yes. How many lives have you been able to recall? How far back, um, can you go? I have gone back, I believe, as far as 1000 BCE. Um, and this has taken, it took a long time. <laughs> Basically, um, I started at the most recent lives because I guess uh, I mean, it kind of jumped around a little bit when I first started going to past life regression therapy. Um, but I'm on my like third and three and a half years now doing it. And we're just now getting to the point where we're getting to some very old, old um, Egyptian, especially very Egyptian, uh, Somalian, Ethiopian, not Somalian, but Ethiopian, Egyptian. Um, and 
so that's been very um, amazing. <laughs> and going from everything from rich to super poor to, I mean, the gamut is just unbelievable. You know, like I've been that kid that Charles Dickens wrote about, the the orphan on the street. Um, I have regressed to that when I, and I have, you know, regressed to living in a palace with jewels all over me. Um, and as I've gotten more experience doing the regressions, uh, she calls me a veteran now. I know to, she lets me kind of linger while I'm under hypnosis and I really look at details. And that really helps a lot because at first, I mean, I, I didn't even know to do that. Mm -hmm. It's such a, it was such a foreign thing that I was doing to, to begin with. Um, so. so. So during some of these um, sessions, have you been able to retrieve any information that was verifiable? Names that actually, you know, were, you, you look them up and you find out that they've actually existed or, or objects, anything like that? Yes, <laughs> I really have. Um, I mean, it's been like I, I took a, a sigil, kind of like um, you would think from, okay, Game of Thrones. But, you know, back in what the era of humanity where everyone, there was like the gold lion on a red shield. And I saw that um, very, very, very clearly. And I saw a name. Um, and I put it together because we also leave clues for ourselves. Like in these later timelines, like where I'm at right now, I kind of put some clues built in to like, oh, that's who I was back then. So... I was able to verify it but just because I had seen that shield mm -hmm. and that family crest. And then it all came and I was like, holy cow. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, so with past life regression, are you, uh, I know there's, there's a couple different schools of thought on this. Um, one is that, you know, past lives are past lives, and future lives are future lives, and everything is linear. And then there's the everything has happened at one time, and it's just our consciousness is what creates the illusion of living one lifetime at a time. Well, they say that that all uh, con. All times, all at, at one time, really. And there's these, I don't know, it's, that's so hard for me to conceive um, being in this density. So I kind of just go with, okay, um, they, there are past timelines and there, there are future timelines, but they can be altered. So... Uh, we can make different choices and, and those can change. They're, they're fluid. Um, but 
basically, you know, when I go back into a past timeline, I rescript it to heal, to heal it. To, the whole purpose is really to heal myself from the traumas. Mm-hmm. Like the first few that I, I did were um, the most traumatic, like that took me like being beheaded I had this horrible pain in my neck um, for years. And it wasn't until I regressed back to being beheaded. It took like five regressions to fully heal that to where that trauma wasn't stuck in my, my energy field. Um, and that neck pain is gone. Mm-hmm. So we also can hold these the pains that we have can be from past life traumas. Why were you beheaded in a past life? Betrayal. Yeah, it wasn't. It was all um, betrayal, which I've really had to work on that healing, that kind of thing, too, mm-hmm. because once you start, um, once this energetic imprint starts happening, then each time you um, reincarnate, you're, it's likely very easy to um, do the same pattern again. So I would create, because of this energetic imprint, I would create yet another major horrible betrayal and... Um, so I've, I've, but basically the, the science is from at least the school of thought from my therapist is that the way she learned is that if you heal the core wound, it will, it will take care of the others. So that first core wound, the first time it happened, um, is enough to clear that energetic imprint. Hmm. Um, much. I had a question. I just forgot it. Uh, with 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 the past lives, do you think that uh, when people reincarnate, do we reincarnate, you know, just as random individuals, or do we reincarnate with the same people that we've lived in past lives for, with, and we have to work that karma out with those particular souls? So basically, it's just the same cast of characters all playing different roles each time. Yes, it really is. <laughs> Which has, you know, one of these things that I learned doing all this regression work, I was like, it's him again. Okay. Well, him happens to be one of my ex-husbands. Um, actually, I have um, two uh, ex-husbands <laughs> um, have been in repeated past lives. Mm-hmm. And one I've had decent, pretty good experiences with. And one have been, he, he played the bad guy. He's been abusive. He beat me. He has, I mean, it, it, by the time I, you know, once I f- figured out like, okay, he played the bad guy because I, I had heard that in Ascension circles that we kind of pick different roles in our soul group. Mm-hmm. 
And um, so it's real hard for me to, uh, you know, he's the father of my children and I have to see him. And um, I know like these other horrible things he's done. <laughs> I mean, he let me be burned at the stake. <laughs> he basically stole me down the river and let me be burned at the stake. Like he just, he always played the bad guy and he's played the bad guy in this fight. Like he took me to court for seven years. So yes, the answer to that is yes. We're basically, we're trying to, I'm trying. At least I can just speak for my higher self and me. We're trying to release all karma with him so that there's no more of this betrayal and backstabbing and, you know, uh, pain. pain. When, when releasing the karma, um, is, is that like a way to sort of stop and get off the wheel of samsara, like in a Buddhist type of way? Yes, it really is. Um, and that's why I, I want the world to know this, because <laughs> like everyone should be, could, could be doing past life regression and getting off the wheel. <laughs> um because you you go back, your your soul takes you to um, what it wants you to heal and rescript. So that's what you know. Like those first few regressions I did were pretty biggies. Like it it, it wanted those things rescripted and healed as quickly as possible. When you do that, like how does does that change the, your 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 behavior and uh, just the the thought patterns that you have? It really can. Like I've had some big enough shifts when I've really shifted. Um, like victim consciousness has been a big issue because I also fell into the trap of. Um, repeatedly being victimized and so I've had to do a lot of work on releasing the victim consciousness mm -hmm. and when I when I went back into some pretty heinous lives um, like you know I was a child my mother sold me um, basically she prostituted me to the the head of the nomadic tribe we, I think it was Mongols and, and I was a child and I was being prostituted. So that, that was a very traumatic uh, imprint on me that I was just, I'm a victim. I'm a, I'm a victim. I'll always be a victim. And so when I went back into that really painful life um, and re-scripted it in a way where I was not victimized, then it really helped me shift my outward, like, oh, not a victim. <laughs> you know, like, brought about shift, like. Um, like, for example, like, like with that situation where you had a parent that, that, that put you in a prostitution, um, 
and, and being reincarnated with the same souls. Like, like, did that person reincarnate with you in, in this particular life? I don't think so. I've, I have asked that question to my, my higher self, uh, and take, you know, Oh, who that was, mm-hmm. and what? Well, um, not one that did things to us or that we did to each other or whatever are in our soul group. So um, I have not found anyone within my soul group that that was uh, that person. Thankfully. <laughs> Easier to just kind of keep it, put it in the past. I rescripted it where I had a good childhood and in this society a couple of times for it to kind of take. But interesting. Yeah. um, So, so how how does the, the the past life regression therapy and going back and healing and karma. How does that coincide um, with what the Pleiadians agenda is with the extension and waking up? Like, how does it all fit together? Well, we have to, in order to spiritually ascend to, I mean, to a higher dimensional awareness um, we have to heal these wounds because these wounds are um, lower vibrational emotions. Like there's this octave of vibrational awareness, um, or you can also say frequency. And these wounds, this pain keeps us in a lower frequency, which is kind of a plan of let's say the negative alien agenda mm-hmm. because with all of this reincarnation loop and the abuse and the trauma and the addiction and the, you know, all of these things looping so much that keeps people in a lower frequency um, because pain and the, those are lower frequency emotions. Um, whereas from what I understand, like the fifth dimension and above it's more like free joy, kindness. Uh, it's these higher, you know, the, the better, higher emotions. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a, it's a really horrible, I mean, I'll admit it's, uh, people also call it shadow work where you gotta, you gotta clear out all these wounds but the good news is, is that every, I know that every time I, I clear out another trauma from the, a past life, um, that puts me a little higher to having a multidimensional awareness again. What, what is the closest that you've gotten to as far as having a multidimensional awareness? Um, well, the astrolog there is a thing about the it it is sort of being astrologically guided the ascension process is so if you pay attention to things like the the solstices are big full moons and eclipses um 
the Lions Gate in August. And really, with every single full moon and new moon, if you're in the ascension process, you are releasing something with every full moon. Um, and you might be learning something new um, multidimensionally with every new moon. So I would say that during the, the most intense astrological events like solstices and um, gateways, that's when I am the closest to having like a 5D. Like I flipped into it one time early on and was like, I was aware that there was no time. Um, so that that at least proved to me that I wasn't crazy because I was scared. That there's always there was in that first year of waking up that my ego and my, my human, you know, it would, would just be like, maybe you may just be crazy. You may just be crazy. This is all crazy. You're crazy. So that at least kind of um, gave me some validation that um, that this is a thing we we can have a multidimensional awareness. Did anything occur on December 21st? Because you said that that day is the day that we're supposed to be entering the age of Aquarius. And apparently, like it's the, the hippies were about 70 years off. <laughs> yes, and, that, and that's sort of the timeline of um, it's part of the the Pleiadians and, and the other beings that are guiding this ascension is they are kind of using those um, like as markers. I think that basically that was just ushering in uh, 2021 is going to be um, have a whole new array of disclosure going on. While everybody's kind of going to work and doing their thing, what it's all going to be playing in the background more and more and more. On a personal level, um, you know, I had someone abruptly, sometimes around the solstice, you can have somebody abruptly enter or exit your life. And like things can, really, it's a real big shift um, pretty quickly. And, and I had someone exit pretty quickly. And basically, I think that means I sort of, I shifted onto this higher timeline. Mm -hmm. um, I think that these gateways and, and the solstice activations can shift you into the higher ascension timelines. When when you switch timelines, does that mean essentially that you're moving out of one lifetime into a different one? No, I think that, and you know, I think Rick and Morty does a pretty good, a fairly good. <laughs> they're awake, by the way, um, and a lot of the um, pre season four. I don't know. Rick and Morty's are actually pretty spot on <laughs> in helping to explain timelines. I think they even use the word timeline. Um, I don't fully understand it, but 
you know, Lisa Renee has written like a, a novel, practically sized thing about timelines, and I'm still trying to completely understand them. But I think it's our our consciousness um, can shift into different timelines. We're still here in this body, but perhaps our trajectory is a little different. Mm -hmm. Do you think when that happens that you create an entirely new timeline? I think it's possible. Like, I think there are parallels. Um, like, from what I understand, maybe... Uh, the fork, there's a fork in the road and I could marry this guy or not or lope or the timelines work like that that when there's sort of a um, a fork in the road it's going to shoot off various um, possibilities mm-hmm. and that's why I like Rick and Morty the way you know Rick S125 whatever and it jumps over to Rick C-130 and, you know, there. Um, I think it's a good representation of something we can't see, but I think that there are parallel timelines and I think we can occasionally access that knowledge. Um, do you, with the extension process, why is it that only certain people seem to be aware of it and experience it while others remain oblivious? Well, because there were like in my soul group, it's, it was, and it's all mathematical, 144,000 souls incarnated. We came on a soul mission to um, basically try to save humanity from an AI takeover and and everything else, um, the reincarnation loop, the all of it, all of the manipulation of humanity. So 144,000 started incarnating with this very long, elaborate divine plan, uh, as they call it, and... So we had a built-in mechanism where we were going to be triggered awake at a certain point and become aware more and more and more of our mission. So, but a lot of, a lot of us, I don't know what percentage, but there's a, there's a pretty, there's a percentage of us that uh, said I'm done and I'm, I'm not going to the end. Um, I'm not going to, I can't do it anymore. (laughs) Uh, I went off the earth and I went out and some people commit suicide. Some of the, of of my soul group have done that just to get out of it. Like, I can't do it anymore. This is crazy. But, um, so I think that's what it is. And, and there are other, like Lisa Renee describes herself as a walk-in soul. Mm-hmm. So there are other walk-in souls like her. I don't know exactly. She can explain how she does, how that happened, but um, where they're here to assist in the ascension process also. And then there's the people that are, have been manipulated that don't know anything 
why is humanity so important? I mean, I'm sure there's other life forms in the universe. What makes us special? I think it's because um, of our life force, our chi, um, and our ability for various levels of consciousness and and I think it's 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 like a humanitarian effort overall because humanity from what I understand um, used to be uh, a bit more multi-dimensional and it, it they have humanity has slowly fallen deeper back into density and been manipulated and played with and toyed with. And it was, it's really a humanitarian effort um, of like, you know, sister planets of saying, you know, this is, this is terrible. You know, we, we, we really need to do something to help permanently. Have any of the other planets or, or these other races experienced or gone through the same issues that we're going through? I think so. Um, there is um, there are some videos. His name is um, an Ambriel, and he is and he he was channeled through um, some people that are very good. Like I've discerned, all of their channelings are good. They also sketch them and. I had an awareness of this being when I was at the beach, it was kind of during a gateway and I had an awareness. And so when I saw that one of my peeps um, said that they got this sort of a download from him that, so they did a a few YouTube videos. So you could maybe look up um, Archangel and Ambriel and Archangel is kind of a code word, but anyway, um, they're also angelic, but, um, and he explains that he was run off of his home planet of Venus that from these, uh, parasitic controllers. Mm-hmm. So that's all I, that's all I know about that. Um, they're dark. Um, I think they're in, it's it's kind of a mix with the reptilians. Maybe that's what he meant by controllers or parasitic controllers. So I, I've heard this before from somebody named Marianne Coleman in New Zealand uh, who I interviewed. And she also mentioned a, a group called the controllers. Okay. Yes, they, and when you, when you really think about it, um, and, you know, when you think about your, um, your day-to-day life and all the little rules and the little mores and norms and, um, you can do this, but you can't do that and, and see, we're used to it. So we don't really think about it. We're we're used to it, but um, if you're 
try to kind of come to at it with a really higher perspective and you go, oh my God, <laughs> um, wow, like everything is controlled. It, it really is. Yeah. It's, <clears throat> but we don't question it for some reason. Right. Or at least most people don't question it. Most people it. don't. And then the people who do question it usually just get in trouble. <laughs> exactly. I mean, yes. Punished. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, they do. And I'm just, I'm hoping that it, uh, like, this is the first time I've spoken openly. Um, but I definitely felt like it was time because it's also in line, I think, with um, the disclosure timeline. Like, I can, uh, the latest uh, movie, it's a Disney movie, that latest movie called Soul. That's a disclosure movie. Um, I didn't put it together till the middle of it. And then I went, oh my God, <laughs> that's disclosure in the, in the form of a child's movie. So they really are hitting the younger crowd um, also because they're going to be able to grasp it easier. Right. Like my kids already talk about multiple dimensions like it's a thing already because it's in everything they've ever watched <laughs> so i i think that's um i think that the they're kind of thinking like okay this younger generation which is gonna be the, the main generation i mean as they grow older um they already they're gonna get it real easily they're not gonna they're gonna just like um grasp it and I mean I know my kids I think they are both uh, like there's different words for on crystal children and rainbow children I think one is a crystal child one's a rainbow child but my crystal child um, from the time he was like nine he would just say or eight maybe he would say stuff like uh, well I'm gonna go in the closet and try to make a portal <laughs> and and he talked about wormholes out of nowhere. Like he has information that, you know, I think that but my children's, um, they're both, I think they're star seeds too. I think they had a pre-incarnation plan. And because they they both started talking about interdimensional travel, extra dimensional travel, all kinds of things at a very young age. As if it was already happened, like a thing. <laughs> mm -hmm. So, so one of the things that you mentioned is by doing this, we're changing, raising frequency. Have you experimented with the actual use of different vibrations? You know, like cymatics or uh, isotonic sounds and binaural sounds, stuff like that. Yeah, and it does. It does help. I really like Tibetan bowls. Mm -hmm. um, the solfeggio frequencies are good. Um, and 
Yeah, different binary. I have. I've experimented with a, a, a good bit of everything. And I try to incorporate it as background music in my life if I'm at home. Because it, it does, it is of a higher vibration. Have you ever had any like out-of-body experiences? Only like one, a couple of times, and it, he was in my soul group. I haven't seen him in a few years. Um, twin flames are a whole other story, but uh, they're largely misunderstood. Let's just say soul group members. Mm-hmm. Um, so he, I realized when we met, we were soul group members and there was a, an immediate soul recognition. Um, and um, okay, repeat your question one more time. <laughs> I'm so sorry. No, I kind of forgot what it was too. <laughs> yeah, I started talking about my uh, soul group guy. Um, okay, I remember now. Sorry. So he used to work somewhere locally and um after being around him and like our energy kind of mixing (laughs) i was able all of a sudden i was seeing through his eyeballs Mm -hmm. and i could see the restaurant and because he worked in a restaurant and i could see what he was doing um and it happened one other time with him and all of a sudden I could like see through his eyes and he was driving his truck and I was like, I couldn't believe it. I mean, I don't know why it hasn't happened with other people that I've recognized as soul group members, but, um, but definitely that's been the, that's been my main experiences. That's pretty cool. It's almost like a, a review, a remote viewing type of experience. Yeah, yeah. That's what I, I thought it was. Maybe remote viewing, and then when I tried it to do, that was like without me trying. Um, when I tried to do it, I don't know. I think I block it up somehow. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, how about quantum quantum physics? Does that fit into this at all? Oh, yes, definitely. Um, I wouldn't be able to. Well, there is a guy, a man, um, Dr. Mosin Sarfarazi, and he writes, um, he has a very keen higher dimensional uh, connection. And he writes, uh, he's a PhD and writes papers more along the lines of all of this, the ascension process and everything else. Um, He even writes about the negative alien agenda and what they've, in terms of quantum mechanics, you know, uh, it would, it, they're long papers, um, but essentially, if you really want to know every detail, um, you can find out from his papers on what it's done to our biomechanics and um, 
what the the reincarnation loop has, you know, basically exactly what's happening and um, that those of us that are bringing our higher dimensional um, energy fields into this third density that we are helping to raise all the people like even around us. So from what I understand, like if I'm called to go somewhere, like if I get a nudge to go somewhere, especially in groups, it may be because my energy field like is going to will trigger other people to wake up or someone specific, very specific, but I won't know um, who that is. Right. Um, if that happens, like say, so, you know, somebody who comes into your energy field and does wake up because they're supposed to, what do you think they'll experience? And will they recognize you as the catalyst? Um, hmm, that's a good question. I doubt they would. Um, it's been really hard to find awake people in this area. I think I, I know three and, um, that have, and two are practitioners. So, um, one is a, um, my past life regression therapist. And then the other one, I did one session with her once. She is like a um, higher self liaison. Um, she's able to connect you with your ancestors, which I'm, I'm able to do that at this point. And um, she can access your Akashic records and help you understand maybe what you need to heal, what traumas are in your field that you need to heal. Mm -hmm. um, but otherwise, I don't know. Uh, hopefully, I think that like this is just sort of probably the beginning of me coming out. <laughs> um, it's probably, you know, meant to, to, to keep coming out like I, I think that that's it's time now for me to be sharing my truths instead of being in hiding basically right. does, does that affect you in any way like feeling like you have to hide it yeah I mean it's been really um uh, difficult like I've had some difficult moments with sobriety because um, you know I'm going I'm, I'm having to a uh, waking up to this huge soul mission that felt very overwhelming to me <laughs> um, and B also being human that's got to you know get sober and stay sober it, it's it was extremely hard to balance it mm -hmm. um, for a few years. And in fact, when I had uh, a short relapse a few years ago, it was partially because I, um, I couldn't handle it. It was too much. And I wasn't far enough along in my sobriety that I could handle that kind of stress. Mm -hmm. It, to me, it just felt like stress. Um, 
Do you ever struggle? And you'll have to answer this one if you don't want to, because I know this one's kind of personal, but because we know each other and we're from the same place. Um, do you ever struggle um, being able to talk openly in the recovery community in an area that is so Christianized? It's, I've tried. Um, I know one person in recovery that is definitely awake. Um, and that's it. Um, I have tried by subtly at least sharing my Buddhist perspective, um, which is a very good avenue toward waking also because in meditation you know that's you're 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 cutting off all the noise and that's really where you can connect to your higher dimensional mm-hmm. awareness so i have tried by kind of segueing in um and uh, but it, it is difficult because people are real quick to be like, but you, you, you believe in this, don't you? You know, and I'm like, no, <laughs> no, oh God. And that can trigger, it's really more work than it's worth because if I trigger the wrong person, and then sometimes they even go out on it. They think it's a vendetta. They think that uh, it's their job mm-hmm. to save me. So I'm I'm proud to be pretty careful. It's got to be like walking on eggshells sometimes. Yes, it definitely is. And I get weird looks. People kind of do that. They're like, what is she talking about? <laughs> What is, what is Margie talking about? <laughs> um, I think I talked uh, once in a meeting um, because there is a parallel with the fourth dimension and and AA and uh, or recovery groups um, and and being able to access the fourth dimension. That's that's really a thing, and so. Um, because having the spiritual awakening um, as a result of working the program opens you up to this higher awareness. And this was all meant to be. It's all part of the good, the good part of trying to help humanity. So I, I did share pretty openly about um, that it's actually really the fourth dimension <laughs> and that I've experienced it. And um, so, I don't know, people just kind of thought I was nuts. <laughs> oh, well. Do, do you ever question it yourself? You know, being around so many people that believe differently, um, do you ever start to question it? Like, wow, like, well, maybe it's just something, maybe there is something wrong with me. Not anymore. I did um, really, especially the first year 
but that's even if you look up ascension symptoms um n5d.com that's a good website too besides the ascension glossary there's there's uh it helped to read about the ascension symptoms and one of them is thinking you're crazy <laughs> um and hearing and it and talking what it looks like you're talking to yourself in public that you're talking to like your spirit a spirit guide um so just even reading the symptoms gave me so much validation because I was like, okay, I'm not crazy. Okay. And I do sometimes have to be careful if I'm getting out of my car and, and I've got like a spirit guy talking to me that I don't talk back to it mm-hmm. <laughs> in public in front of people. Um, Cause they would be like, she's talking to herself. Interesting, but it's good that you have that confidence to know that what you're experiencing is a valid experience and that other people's judgment isn't interfering with that anymore. Yes, it's very good because people, you know, people kind of wake up in waves and the the earlier waves, they put out all of that information to help us. Um, there's different waves, you know, there were, the, and really the waves started like at the turn of the century, like in the late 1800s, um, it goes all the way back to the wizard of Oz, which is also kind of an Ascension related movie, mm-hmm. disclosure movie. Um, and that was like one of the first waves and then there was like a wave in the 20s and 30s and then a big time in the 60s and 70s obviously and um then there was kind of a a wave in the 80s and 90s and and then this pretty close to the to the ascension timeline like when i woke up a lot of this information, thank God, had been put out there already. So that, I mean, I would print it out piles of things and um, keep it all in a in a binder. And I would look at it every day just to, to remind myself that I wasn't crazy. See, like, see, I'm experiencing things that, that they are too. <laughs> mm-hmm. But when you don't have any other input, like there's no external validation in th- in my regular reality. So it's it was all um, I mean, it was pretty much all up to me. Right. Do you think that there's a connection with this process and say like occult practices or shamanic practices? Yes, definitely shamanic. Um, I've definitely had some shamanic uh, past lives, and I've actually worked with a shaman in this one. To um, I had some some black, and it's a thing. Black magic is a thing. Um, I had like a they really target star seeds because we're we're of the light we're here to to do good and 
So the darker force forces will really target us. And I had like a, they call it like a hook in my energy field. And um, so I found a shaman and she journeyed through the underworld and uh, saw the hook and managed to um, get it completely removed out of my uh, morphogenetic field. And she, and she taught me a lot about um, crystal healing and, and other things. So she was a very, she was really a prominent figure kind of on my path mm-hmm. and also helped me be aware that there, there are, there can be dark influences. Interesting. So, so this is your first time coming out talking about this in public. Um, how's that feel for you? Oh. How did this, how did this interview feel for you? Oh, I just think it's wonderful because, um, I, I have really, it's been very lonely and um, it's hard to live a, a, this dichotomy. The dichotomy has been really difficult because I, I've got this very much um, third dimensional, my, my human reality um, very much happening. I mean, just like anybody else, but then I've got this other thing happening and, and I have to juggle them both. And if I get too high vibrational, um, I've actually been so high in the clouds that I have talked about these things with regular people more. And um, I actually, I got brought to court by my ex-husband. Um, he used it against me because I was talking about it around my children Mm -hmm. and um he did that she's crazy thing and and i got brought to court for talking about it three years ago so i i was like i'm never i'm never gonna do it again i'm just gonna be burned at stake so (laughs) (laughs) just forget it so i just i never opened my mouth again about anything and until now so it feels really good awesome uh, are you worried about any pushback? I don't think so at this point um, because I'm just done. And and even if, even if I just, I don't know, I don't think that's going to happen. I have gotten um, assurance from my higher self that our karma is seriously, has seriously reduced that there's really not much left with him. We've gone through all kinds of trail and the this and that, and you know, um, you know, it's interesting that he was very. We had a past life where I was an alcoholic, um, very similar to this life. In fact, it was like a carbon copy. <laughs> Who knew? And. Um, he would, he became infuriated by it because he felt abandoned by me in this past life and he punished me for it for a long time. And that's, that kind of happened. It played out again where I was an alcoholic and 
he felt abandoned. And then he punished me by taking me to court for seven years. Uh, some of which I brought on myself, but a lot of it I did not. Um, that was more like the karma thing playing out. And so from what I've kind of gotten a little bit of a download that says, I mean, you're, you're getting real close to being done and then you're not going to have any more, any more nonsense with that one. <laughs> mm-hmm. And, uh, and what do you have planned for the future as far as this goes? Do you plan on coming out some more, doing more podcasts, writing a book, anything else, any plans for the future? Yep. I started a book. Um, and I was waiting on my voice recognition software because that'll help a lot because I am disabled and I have a lot of problems with my hands. So it's been sort of holding me back. And I'm hoping that having the dragon um, is really going to help me um, push through this creative project. And just I'm going to come fully out on on the past lives and the Everything I've been through with the ascension cycle, the, the ups and downs, um, the really tough moments. And so I'm going to keep working on this book. And I, I had a website, like I bought the domain Ascension Tribe Coach, and I, it, I let it go. Um because I'm also in school, so I've got to, it's, I can't do too much with my hands. So that's the only thing I got to kind of juggle school with um, building a web presence, but I'm just going to start small and just say like, Hey, this is who I am. This is, this is what I've been through. This is what I'm doing here. Um, and really, I, I thought about starting a Facebook page, although they can be a little uh, um, leasy, but or some sort of platform where we can we can chat. You know, people can ask me questions, or I can ask them questions, and um, I can share resources and stuff like that. Right. Well, I, I can always get you in touch with a lot of people. <laughs> That'd be great. <laughs> I've, I've interviewed quite a few. Awesome. Yes, that would be that would be great. Awesome. Well, thanks for taking the time to be on my show. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. I've had a great time. <laughs> Me too. And just hang on one second, and I'm just going to play the outro. Thank you for listening to Everything Imaginable on KGRA Radio. You can reach Gary at everythingimaginable2020.com or email him at everythingimaginable2020 at gmail.com. He's also on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn. You can buy t-shirts, coffee mugs, and other merchandise to support the costs of producing this podcast. Click on the merchandise link at the top of his page, www.everythingimaginable.com. 2020.com. Oh yes, I almost forgot. You can buy his book, Enlightenment Guaranteed. It's the only book on Zen that you'll ever need, and it's on Amazon. It'll change your life, because remember, everything that exists 
was first imagined. Hey, if you loved what you listened to, don't forget, rate, review and subscribe.